Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. How are you doing today, my friends? I hope you're having a great day, a great weekend. And um, yeah, it's been cold over here, but uh, it's getting warmer and it's great. Uh, the lights are back on and and thank you for all your support and your support to my podcast and for joining me on this on this journey every day. So today we're going to do something important. Uh, our education system is based, is, is dwell up to produce factory workers. Uh, the reason I'm talking about this is we talked about the violence in, in, uh, for Ram Navni. And the violence for Ram Navni was caused uh, in several states, including Bihar. Okay? It was paid for and sponsored by George Soros and the Muslim Brotherhood to uh, demean India, to, look, to make India look like we are terrorists, to make India look like we are uh, violent, the Hindus are violent, but it was sponsored by George Soros. Um, and the Congress are their sort of parasites, which um, lap up to anything that someone will help them do as long as they get back to power, even if it's destroying the country from the inside. That is typical Congress. They did it during, um, they did it during the partition, during independence uh, and there's always violence when the congress is around and they do not get what they want uh, the question is why does bihar and in the particular case of bihar uh, and some areas always um, susceptible to violence why are the people so lightweight that at a spark at any spark they will enter into violence whichever the group whichever the field um, the question is the education system in Bihar is false, is wrong, it, it, is, um, it is absolutely disgraceful, it is a, a lot of corruption, there's mafia, it doesn't produce, it doesn't incentivize the teachers, not the students, it doesn't teach anything of any substance, it does not produce good students, good human resources, it does not empower human resources, doesn't produce a skill set and it's absolutely redundant. But now let's look at our general education system in, in India. And we know there are different tiers of education system, okay? Different schools, uh, school board, you have the SSC board, the ICSC board, the Delhi board. We have different school boards, okay? And um, each state will adapt it to their own requirement. But the general system of education in this country, this new modern education system, uh, started. Um, in in uh, post independence India and started by the British predominantly. Where does it come from? Okay, no one really knows. So today we're going to talk about that. Um, this education that we have today, for people who don't know, was start, started by the Prussian Empire. The Prussian Empire is what we call Germany today. I think their their headquarters there, the um, Prussia, the. Uh, um, Prussia was Russia. It's disappeared. The, the Prussian um, kingdom has disappeared. But uh, it was... Um, yes, uh, from 1815 to 1918, and it's disappeared. But it's, by, by and large, the region is uh, part of Russia today. Okay? Very, very important. Um, 
And the Prussian education system, the Kingdom of Prussia, uh, it refers to an education reforms in the 18th and 19th century, which had widespread influence since. Okay, um, the basic concept of the uh, of this education system in the eight, in the late 18th century was significantly enhanced after the the Prussia's defeat in by Napoleon. Uh, the foundations of this generic Prussian education, primary education system, was laid out in a decree in 1763 uh, by Johann Julius Heckler, Hecker. And Hecker, um, as already before in 1748, founded the first teacher seminary in Prussia. And his concept of providing teachers with means to cultivate mulberries, uh, um, to ho for homespun silk, which was one of the favorites project found, uh, and found the king's favor. It expanded, he expanded the existing school system significantly and required for all young citizens, boys and girls, to be educated mainly in, in municipality-funded schools from the age of 5 to 14, approximately. Uh, and Prussia was the first area, first kingdom, um, first kingdom um, in the world to introduce tax-funded, generally compulsory education. So it was tax-funded. Now, in ancient times, yes, our Indian education system was ancient India with the with the Pachalas, with the Gurukuls, uh, people contributed to the system um, in, in the local villages and you had uh, universities. Yes, it, it existed in different formats. In the, in the modern world, the, the, the group that did this was Prussia. Uh, in comparison, so this was in the in the late 18th century. In comparison, France and Britain, compulsory schooling was not enacted until the 1880s. So this Prussian uh, system was an eight-year course, and it provided not only basic technical skills needed in the modernizing world, but also music, singing, religious education, Christian education in close cooperation with churches and tried to impose a strict ethos of duty, sobriety, and discipline. Maths and calculus was not compulsory at the start and taking courses required payments from by parents. Um, so Frederick the Great also formalized further education and as the highest education, highest stage, um, which served as... Um, and as the highest stage, the gymnasium, state-funded secondary school, served as a university preparatory school. Okay, um, so it attracted many, many students. Um, the Prussian system, after small beginnings, succeeded in reaching compulsory attendance, specific training for teachers, national testing for all students, and a prescribed national curriculum with, uh, for each grade and mandatory kindergarten. Okay, um, Training of teachers was increasingly organized by private seminaries. 
1810, um, Prussia introduced state certification requirements for teachers, which implement, implemented in all Prussian secondary schools by 1812 and extended to all of Germany by 1871. Um, so it had many, many um, qualities. Um, efficiency, reduction in illiteracy inspired leaders in other German states and number of countries and it spread to a number of countries including Japan and the United States. So this model was taken and, into, and used in Japan and the United States. Um, and basically this, this land was the first to start this state's funded national education system. Um, obviously it, it, uh, you know, it changed over time, uh, and was taken over by the United States, Japan, like I said, uh, Europe, France, England, and all the above countries. Okay. Um, yes, basically that was it. Um, it spread to rest of Europe um they became it became an indispensable component of modern nation states public education was widely institutionalized throughout the world and its development had close link with nation building okay um there were downsides to it but by and large it was really it's a prussian legacy um now we know it because france um France and the uh, United Kingdom, uh, should I say Britain, ruled the world for most parts, the biggest part uh, of the world. This system, which was all taken over uh, by them, then became the education system of the world. It became the education of the world, the UK, um, the, the British colonies, which included the United States, um, at one point Canada, and all her colonies, including India. Okay. Now, also, you have to know Prussia uh, was a, a neighbor of Russia. So, Russia, the 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 kingdom of the the empire, the Russian Empire, also took it over, um, and the Soviets then took this over. In when the Soviets took over, uh, this system became uh, a Soviet system. The Soviet Union managed to create an education system that was fueled uh, that fueled an ambitious modernization program and ultimately transformed the country into a superpower. Um, before the 1917 revolution, the Russian Empire only had a few dozen kindergartens despite its massive population. This dramatically changed after the Bolsheviks took power and started to back women's uh, equality and propagate active female involvement in all social life. Uh, the founder of uh, the Soviet Union called day nurseries, kindergartens, the sprouts of communism. That, need, they, that means they use these kindergartens and these primary schools to sprout, um, to sprout the communism that they proclaimed all over the world that was the savior of the planet, equality and all the above, um, and to diminish and eliminate her equality to a man through enhancing her role in social and production and social life. So sprouts of communism, that means they would influence the minds of the youth and uh, basically then form that foundation for communism. Um, 
1941, two million Soviet boys and girls attended day nurseries and kindergartens. And 30 years later, the number jumped to 12 million, uh, 12 million children. By 1959, a new system was introduced in uniting day nurseries and kindergartens. And the state took over the children from the age of two months. Okay. Um, basically, that was what it was. Uh, however... However, very important to note, um, receiving higher education in the USSR meant not only acquiring knowledge, but also engaging in manual labor. During the summer season, students formed so-called student construction brigades that were deployed at construction sites vital for the Soviet economy. The idea behind was to instill work ethic in students. But this is the most important point. Um, so we were influenced by both, okay? We were influenced by the British because the British ruled us uh, in conjunction with the local maharajas uh, and nawabs on the ground and the zamindars who got a cut out of everything. They, um, so they uh, the Prussian education system um, influenced the Brits. The Brits then took it all over the world, influenced India. This was introduced in India. And also remember one thing, uh, the Soviet Union, uh, when we were gaining independence from the, Brit from the British, the Soviets, uh, Nehru was influenced by Soviet Russia and their socialist system, okay? Um, and so he took elements out of this socialist system from Russia, from the Soviet Union, and molded it and, and, and joined it with the British education system, which was also from Prussia. So both sides, he got it from Prussia. He took the British uh, Prussian system of, uh, you know, producing these state-sponsored and influenced um, youth and he took the same socialist uh, system and he took a socialist version of it from the USSR, combined the two, and this is how we got our Indian education system. Um, so I've been researching this and you can see many videos in, in on YouTube and data that's available. But by and large, I was listening to one person, Jordan Peterson, and he came out with the best uh, opinion about it, how it has destroyed us. This education system, what started to bring equality and knowledge to uh, the masses is the curse that has become the education system of the world and the curse that's in is the education system in India. Um, it was a, um, it, it was a system that was designed to produce obedient children, submissive and subjugated. Now I'm putting this in my own words, okay? I'm not quoting directly Dr. Peterson, who I think is fantastic. The system was designed to produce obedient, submissive and subjugated children. Children uh, who were chained to a desk. Okay, uh, they were not free to think, they were not free to invent, they were not free to um, think out of the box, to empower, to uh, enlighten, to, to challenge. They were, uh, they were chained to a desk and they were uh, produced, they were, it was designed to produce obedient, submissive and subjugative children. 
The reason why the Russians, the Prussians, should I say Prussia, I'm saying that again, uh, produced a system um, was the Prussian emperor also wanted uh, obedient soldiers. So discipline and obedient soldiers for its time, in, and which was used in the military and also to structure society, um, disciplined uh, soldiers who can follow the rules are arguably necessary. So you have to make the children subjugative, submissive, uh, fearful, fearful of danger, fearful of of. Uh, of uh, fake new, well, you know, basically fake fear, uh, um, invent the fear, invent a concept, create the fear around the concept and make it so important, um, sort of glorify it, that they become obedient to this concept. Um, so the Prussians also put forward an effective military training program, and this was adopted in the U.S. in the 1800s by industrialist and self-proclaimed fascist. Okay, people who were fascist, people who were industrialists. Uh, the corporate wanted to integrate it at the highest level that they may um, find some utility in this uh, in this dubious system. They realized that all types of people were pouring in this, into the cities to work in factories. Uh, the kids needed to be cared for while they worked. And when they realized that the kids needed factory jobs too after growing up, the purpose of the public education system was to produce these obedient factory workers. So the education was given to them to be literate, to be educated but also mainly to produce uh, thousands and thousands of obedient factory workers uh, for these uh, new sprung factories all over the space and uh, socialist jobs where they didn't, they were not required to say anything. They were ordered to be subservient to the factory owner and sort of, you know, live in subservience to their job, collect their money, go home, and that's the end of the story, basically. Uh, it was not there to enlighten you, absolutely not. Um, so in this, uh, it was not designed to produce people who were autonomous. Uh, this was adapted to the United States. The Japanese adopted it too, like I mentioned. The consequence of being chained to a desk uh, was not about being a bug. It was a feature. It was absolutely a feature of the education system to produce factory workers. Um, So basically, long and short of the story, it expanded the schooling system significantly and required that of all citizens, boys and girls, to be mainly educated, uh, municipally funded schools, 5 to 14. And like I said, um, this tax system of education was now brought to India. Remember, the United States also pressured India, uh, the United Kingdom, uh, after the war to give India independence. We got independence. And, and to say that the United States did not influence us and did not influence our, uh, our school system was wrong because a lot of Indians also started going to the United States. Uh, remember, the United States uh, helped India with the IIT system. The original IITs were influenced by by America and their school systems too. We know that uh, Nehru, the first prime minister, went there a couple of times. Uh, 
and to work with their system to to be to for, for whatever reason for for geopolitics and was definitely influenced by the system um they were also influenced he was also influenced by Russia because we know he went to Russia the Soviet Union as it was known by back then so basically this system was now bought into India okay uh implemented in India because Nehru commenced the socialist license raj he wanted factory workers for all his the the masses of india like in in prussia like in the united states like in so the soviet union who had factories after factories after factories these factories produced uh employed people um in bulk coming from the cities from the rural areas to the cities their children needed to be looked after so the children were put in school and these children then became the next generation of factory workers they were not there to be inspired and to be uh enlightened they were not there to challenge the status quo and and uh rise out of the box because when they challenged the status quo then they would challenge a neighbor one day so he didn't definitely did not want to be challenged he did not want his ideology to be challenged like that of jinnah like um like jinnah who challenged him and then the indian subcontinent broke he did not want children to challenge his his political power um they were absolutely hungry for power and to and and supremacists enough to think that they were the soul of india but they could never be the soul of anything so they were they they invented a system that people would be subservient to them and would look down at uh before them not even look up to them and and always be uh dependent on this socialist system for education so you remember in school and colleges we were not thought about anything of sub- of significance uh we were not allowed to challenge uh having an opinion was a crime and this system was always told well produce children produce children because children come from god children come from god uh you have to produce children and don't worry we will send you to state state school you will go to our state school and and you will get an education and you get a government job so that's why people always want government jobs today all these years later they are still struggling for government jobs why because the government in those days told them yes we'll give you jobs you just get an education and we will put you in the factories and so on and so forth and so we multiplied like flies we went from 333 million people okay um to 1.4 billion that's a 4 billion fourfold all because of the socialist uh soviet prussian uh education system that was invented in the end to produce disciplined and obedient soldiers and factory workers now you know why uh, india has not got out of its colonial mindset uh because we are brainwashed and conditioned to be um dependent and subservient thanks to this education system which conditions us right across the board and that's why rahul gandhi is screaming because we no longer through the internet are silent our opinion is no longer considered a crime in our minds we have the right to say what we want we have the right to rise up above the status quo we have the right to have a conversation to challenge which rahul gandhi and the indian national congress are not used to because they were bought up and they invented this system that we we'd be subservient only to them they did not realize that one day we will get up because there's 
the glass is only so so full once your society is in danger and is in the social conflict is going on there's no uh, end in sight you need solutions it's going to bubble over the surface it's not going to be under the surface at uh, all the while it's going to bubble and so because it's bubbling under the surface they cannot control it they do not want to take a, a responsibility for it it's the bjp who is now hate speech hindus are hate speech so typical blame the hindus blame the bjp which is this standard mantra of the indian national congress blame everyone except themselves for a ridiculous ideological uh, agenda that is useless and only there to produce uh, you know state sponsored uh, factory workers uh, today we've got all the fact we've got people we've got that not that many factories uh, we are producing more children than the factories that, that exist at a rate that is much higher than the factories but we cannot sustain this growth we cannot sustain this environment and so the corruption set in so because they are no they don't look after the education system they do not they do not uh, it's not about inventing anything new it's not about challenging the status quo it's about just producing producing factory workers at one point they 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 are their complete hold on it without adjustment has led to uh, corruption led to a void no one can challenge them and so they can they have complete and uh, totalitarian power over us and our education system so they are corrupt uh, because you cannot challenge them we are brainwashed not to challenge them so they can be corrupt they can take money from everyone they can build schools and make a, a billion dollars which is what is happening in 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 uh, in um, in Bihar, and as a result of which, you're not producing any uh, skilled uh, human resources. You're not getting them to uh, invent and challenge the status quo, and you're producing people who have no scope of of gaining uh, um, suitable employment, getting suitable um, paychecks. Uh, the prices of life, the price of life is rising, but their their education allows them to only get the certain amount of uh, of of salary because it's a redundant education. So they resort to unconventional means to collect money, which means mafia, which means corruption, which means uh, all extortion, all the um, unsavory uh, activities. And when these activities happen, this mafia happens, this stone throwing happens, this uh, um, uncurricular activities happen, you have violence happening, you ask, but well, you know what, well, it's the Hindus' fault. No, it's not the Hindus' fault. It's the fault of Jawaharlal Nehru who wanted to produce factory workers to provide employment to the masses and uh, produce a generation and generation of subservient fools that would never challenge his authority, never challenge his power, and he would be singing to the sunlight and his descendants would be singing to the sunlight forever and ever and ever that we may never, that he may always have power, thinking that, oh, his India was this glorious uh, utopian uh, place of Mahatma Gandhi where it'll be peace and love, but he was as ignorant as ignorant can come 
because everything is not peace and love. We are currents and waves. We are cyclic. He himself did not know anything about Dharma. He's trying to be a pundit. What pundit is he? I mean, he's absolutely ridiculous. There's nothing pundit about him. A pundit is someone who has knowledge of our history, of our journey, of the cycles of life, cycle after cycle after cycle of life, understand every single junction, make every single junction into an intellectual laboratory, challenge the status quo, use that knowledge and convert that knowledge into power and be ready for the next junction and for the next sunrise where we may um, we may use the power from from within to to innovate uh, excel uh, empower and innovate and 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 produce uh, excellence uh, use that same negativity use that power use that knowledge to rise up to a better day um, he didn't want that. And we are stuck in a cycle of not only reservations for a caste system that we did not invent. It was the uh, colonial uh, Portuguese who bought in their flattered, Eurocentric, flattered mentality with a caste system. Uh, now we are stuck with uh, this reservation system to carry it out. Then on top of that, we, we come out with this factory worker education system. We are doomed to fail with this. Unless we do not change this, we are not going to go anywhere. And so it's important to have this conversation, my friends. Please, please, please have this conversation with your friends, with your family. Ask them to have it with any five people. Ask them to have it with more, five more people each so that you may spread the information, you may spread the news, and we might change the status quo. And this conversation, it will hopefully one day, will we will rise above it. Um, there is information, there is knowledge in um, there. Uh, uh, there is a topic of conversation going on today about the NCERT textbooks where they're going to remove the moguls, but it's only removing it from one chapter. There's all this noise about blah, blah, blah that's going on. But in the end, it's only one chapter that they're removing it from the 12 standard books. So bunch of liberal factory workers, Congress factory workers and their brainwashed descendants who are making so much of noise as if the world is coming into an end. They're so used to being with this factory worker mentality, producing people on a, on a supply chain that they, they cannot think out of the box. They cannot see anything that's worth the while. They refuse to take any lesson or learn any lesson from life. They just want to spit on you and bring you down so that they might rise on the top and they don't understand that we are cyclic, we're not a flat earth. This socialist system is a flat earth mentality and until we ch change it, we're not going to go anywhere, we're just going to go down. But there is hope um, and we are slowly changing, that's important. People are rising up, um, people are being more aware, more alert, they are taking matters into their own hands to contribute to the society, change themselves using their knowledge, the knowledge of our ancestors, the cycles, the dharma of our ancestors, her duty to our society, duty to, to the land, duty to empower and to, to resurrect, learning from our errors of the past. And because of them, these warriors, we are slowly getting out of this factory worker mentality um, and we're rising up to a better future. But 
it, it's important to have this conversation, whichever side you on, whichever mentality you have, whatever your opinion about this, it's important to have this conversation and share it with your friends and family and share the podcast so that we, India, can rise up to a better future. On that note, I'll let you go. I thank you so much for your time. I wish you a fantastic weekend. Cheers and stay safe.